0: And we are going. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. Whatever the hell you're doing, I appreciate that you tuned in here with me at the High Button. You could be getting groceries. You could be... What else do people do? You could be skiing. You could be drinking coffee. You could be maybe trying to fall asleep. You could be at work. You could be... You get the point. Whatever you're doing, the fact that you tuned in here with me, I do appreciate that. Here on the high button today, we have Matt Anthony. Matt is the coach over at Newbridge Newbridge Academy, excuse me, uh, with the hockey team. Uh, we did a podcast before the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League draft, and now that the draft is over, I thought it would be great to do a post uh, podcast draft. Whatever. Um, he knows about all the young uh, talent coming up through this province, so I'm excited to talk to him and see what's on the on the uprise here. When it comes to the sport of hockey in the province of Nova Scotia. So here we go. Hi, Button. You know what comes next. Here we go. Friend of the show. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Matt Anthony, welcome to the show. Welcome back. How's the summer treating you? You know,
1: it's good, man. It's a grind. It's a grind always. Never never stop. Like you said, no rest for the wicked. But uh, definitely... Definitely took a few days to enjoy myself. And what did you
0: uh, do on your few days? Oh, you went golfing, you said?
1: Yeah, I played, played, I'm actually playing a little more golf than I have been oh, yeah? uh, the last couple summers. Um, went down to Louisville, Kentucky.
0: What were you doing for that week?
1: Um, so, the McEckern family, the the owners of Newbridge, yeah. um, so Carolyn's mom lives in Louisville. So, Damon and Cody and I went down for a week and. Basically just chilled out by the pool and, you know, we went to a couple of minor league baseball games, soccer games, went to the Louisville Bat Museum. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat to see the bats being made and the machines and stuff. It was pretty cool. That part of the world must be different from here, eh? Very, b- very, but, it, but I wasn't, uh, you know, it was a little more, it wasn't as south as I, as I thought it would be, you know, like I wa- walked Trying in, things. I walked in the first day we're there. We're downtown for the baseball game, and there's a big, like, El- uh, pride parade on oh, yeah? and stuff. And I was like, I would never have yeah. expected that in Kentucky.
0: I'm trying to think where it is on a map, Kentucky. It's, it's, it close to? it's
1: right underneath Ohio. So it's kind of like oh, okay. yeah, yeah, the yeah. beginning of the South. It's the North of the South. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I got a lot of history lessons, too, while I was down there. But, uh, no, we had, a, we had a good time, met some good people. We got a backstage kind of back look at Churchill Downs.
0: What's Churchill Downs? That's
1: where they run the Kentucky Derby. So, yeah. Um, it's incredible. Like we, we were me. we got to see Justify, who just won the Triple Crown. that um, yeah, it was it was a pretty good trip. So
0: that's sick. Man. Yeah, it was, of course. it was pretty
1: cool. I never thought that I'd be going to Louisville, Kentucky for. Uh, little vacation but uh, perks of
0: the job yeah yeah it feels like you felt the southern hospitality when you big got time, down there
1: big time big time and um you know the southern draws were, were awesome i wish i had a southern draw i kind of like the way they speak and stuff but <laughs> uh actually trevor and carolyn are down there now visiting as well oh, yeah so yeah
0: we were talking to uh brennan saunier the other day and he played in alabama yeah and he was talking about the southern hospitality the food they give you the way they treat you the way they dress just everything's completely different but It's a little taste of home with the way they treat you, just politeness and just what can I do for you. Yeah. But anyways, I hear good things about it. One day the high button will get down there. (laughs) We'll see. So yeah, I essentially I'm happy that you came back. A lot has happened since you've been here last. year. when when were we? Two months ago? At least, at least it was a while ago. A lot has happened. Not even just you're blowing
1: up. You're blowing up. Well, I I don't know about
0: us, but you know what I mean. Just like hockey players, the draft, free agency in the NHL, money's being exchanged in hands. A lot of contracts have been given out. Uh, I don't know. What piques your interest in, in the in the world of hockey? Doesn't have, We don't have to start with Nova Scotia because I know we can talk about that for a bit, but just anything in particular, I guess, what's been on your mind?
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, definitely everybody is interested in the free agent frenzy and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I don't get too much. Mo- like, you know, growing up, I never had a favorite team. No? Uh, no, never really rooted for anybody. Just fan of the game. I, you know, my, my dad was the same way. We just kind of... Just wanted to see good hockey and watch good hockey and appreciate, yeah. no matter who it was. I don't care if it's the Habs, the Leafs, Bruins, whatever. And I feel the same. And um, yeah, so yeah, definitely was was glued to the TV on on Canada Day a little bit. to See what happened with Johnny T. But uh, yeah, it. Uh, I th- I think there was a few sneaky deals there. Like Matt Cullen going back to the Pens, I think yeah. is is going to be a difference maker for them. Um, Anthony Duclair. Actually signed in Columbus. Did he? I so so I don't know exactly what happened because I know he's not old enough to be a UFA, but something must have happened. He must have been bought out or something. You know, cap geek stuff. Um, he signed like a one year six hundred fifty thousand deal with Columbus, and I think one way or two way. One way. Oh yeah, one way. And I think I think that's gonna like I think he gets under Torts and just fly. Like he'll be a fifty sixty point. I think. I what think. was he
0: this year? Well, he was up and down from teams. Yeah, he, he
1: struggled ever since he's been in the league. But I mean. Uh, the times I've seen him play, like I play, I saw him play in midget and junior and he's especially like, you know, when the Canada games were here in 2011, um, yes, I he, he might've been better than drew in on that team on team Quebec. And, and if you're, if you're in the same conversation as a guy like Johnny drew in, then, the talent's there. Yeah. It's just a matter of he hasn't found the spot to bring it out yet. But. It's
0: funny how like once you make that NHL jump, jump, you see the difference between a junior guy to a pro guy. Yeah. Drouin had that struggle in Tampa for a bit. He couldn't make that jump yeah. right away. And it's such a humbling experience for these players, I bet, just coming from junior, being a young stud, and then going to the NHL and being that maybe third, fourth line guy and not being able to make that jump. Well, yeah. Duclair has been going through that for how many years has he been in the show?
1: Uh, four or five, it's, I think. He was yeah. with the
0: Rangers. Yeah. Then Arizona. Yeah. Then Chicago. Yeah. And now? Yeah. Uh, Columbus. Columbus. Columbus, yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing that when we were talking to, uh, who did we have on the other day? Highmore. Yeah. We were just saying how young the NHL is and yeah. how, when this kind of comes back to what we were saying about these young guys coming up in Nova Scotia, like 13, 14 years old, having to be mentally prepared to not make these big AAA teams. I bet these NHL guys have to do the exact same thing, man. You know what I mean? Like that must be an ego shock, right? To to um, not ego shock, but a, a humbling experience for who are we
1: just talking about? Um, Duclair. Duclair. Yeah. You know, not having a, a real home in the NHL right now. Yeah. And uh, and that's the thing. Like, there's so many, like, so many good players, and everybody's so prepared now. I mean, you see it at, like, you said, like, you've had guys on here talking about Major Bantam. Like, it starts that young. Yeah. And guys are so prepared when they when they get to the show when they're 21 22 23 years old to step in and contribute and do the same thing that a 30 31 year old guy with six or seven years experience for you know a sliver of the cost on the entry level deals yeah. right so yeah. especially in a salary cap world like you don't see it happen as much in baseball like the old uh, the old guys still get all the at bats and stuff in baseball and guys have to pay their dues in the minors yeah and not like guys don't pay their dues for sure but um, like that's what I find. Like that's how that's how GMs and like all this, however many guys they have on staff for like figuring out the salary caps and figuring out the contracts and, like it just makes sense. Like you know Toronto is obviously going to have some issues locking up you know the big four, the big five. You know I include Riley in the, in that five as one of the key cogs. He's and, not
0: locked down yet.
1: No, I just mean he is, but like. I'm pretty sure he's still on his entry deal or like his gap deal, but like, you know, they got Johnny and and obviously Matthews, Marner, uh, Nylander, and Riley. Has
0: Anderson signed?
1: Yeah, he signed. I think he signed for three years. He's a a piece of the team. Oh, 100%. But but how are they going to be able to afford those guys? How does Pittsburgh do it every year? Pittsburgh does it by having signing guys fresh out of college and having them step right in and play because they can play at that level as yeah. 24 year olds, 23 for 24 year olds make a minimum. Yeah. And you know, they, as long as they don't get scored on, they're going to win games because they've got Crosby and Malkin down the middle. That, so, yeah. right? like yeah. your job is not to you, you just don't get scored on you play even we win the game
0: I wonder if Crosby and Malkin have had to like almost adjust their personalities on the ice playing with younger players picture yourself you're Crosby the best player in the world and you get this 21 year old college kid coming up on your wing you're not telling me that if he's not passing to you on a two on one or an, an option where you can score yeah. you're not pissed off of it but I bet coaches and scouting staff or whatever have talked to Sid and be like listen Sid give them 15 games give them 10 games oh, yeah. just to kind of because imagine if you're not Crosby and Crosby's kind of yelling at you right now. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. What are you doing? Like you're that's hurt. That's hurt. That's hurt you. That is hurting you.
1: hundred percent. And I, th- I think the other way, the, like the other way you could look at that too is sometimes guys probably come up there and I don't know, but I'm guessing sometimes guys come up and try to force feed it to Crosby too much Definitely. and, and make the wrong place because they're trying to get it to him. And he's probably like, yo man, like you don't got to give it to me. Like, yeah, I want the puck, yeah. but don't turn it over. You know, go go him. go to him and then he'll give it to me on the other side rather than trying to force it all the time. I You know, it, it'd be really hard to play with Sid, though. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: it'd Be tough. There'd be two aspects you have to deal with, the mental side of it and the actual playing side of it. One, yeah. you can't be nervous. You can't be hesitant. You can't make mistakes. And then the other side, you actually have to skate with them. You have to actually keep up with them. Yeah. Like, when he's going through the neutral zone, two strides, he's blue line to blue oh, line. It's crazy. You just have to find open ice and pray to God he finds you. Because that's another thing that Crosby's good at is finding people. So, I guess if you're in the right place in the right time, which I'm sure he communicates with yeah. the iPads on the bench oh, now. Yeah. Like, I bet he's good with that because he's yeah. a teacher at the oh, end yeah. of the day.
1: Yeah, he always has been. He's always had to be. Yeah. Right? Like, ever since he was born, he he's the best player on his team, playing with all older guys. And every literally every year he's ever played hockey, he's been the best player on his team, the best player in the world. and
0: Yeah. I so wonder, how do you feel about that when it comes to, like, coaching? Like, Gretzky wasn't the best coach. Do you think Crosby could be a good coach, or do you think he just I, thinks I, the game at a higher I, level than everyone else?
1: You know, I I don't know Sid on a personal level, like I, you know, but um, he maybe has a little different personality than, like, I know him enough to know that he, he has a little different personality than a guy like Gretz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a coach. Will he? I don't know. I, like, is it worth it? I don't know. Like, he could, I, I believe. Like, you know, you see him in action with his hockey camps. He interacts well with kids. He interacts well with everybody. You know, like, yeah. I see, I see him around, you know, East and he's, he's at the big stop. He's at the golf course. He's at the, you know, uh, the grocery store, whatever it is. And yeah. he handles everything like a true pro, right? Like, that's... Well, if he doesn't go into
0: coaching, maybe he should go into like media training or something, or just like how to, yeah, like you know, he's incredible at it. He's the best in the world.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a he's a special special guy. One thing I wanted
0: to talk to you about, it I honestly just had it in my head, but it fucking slipped was Oh yeah, I wanted to know cuz the drafts just happened and everything. Yep. Um did you talk to any scouts? Did anyone call you about any certain players? I know you don't have to give any certain names, but did any conversations come up with you uh pre-draft that you had
1: to pre-draft, I didn't hear from anybody. I've heard from uh one team um in the queue in the NHL. In the NHL. Ooh. I've heard from one team in the NHL uh in the last really like last 10 days. Okay. That was that was my that was my first uh yeah, first call from an NHL guy. There you go. But um, can you say what team? Nashville. There you go. Okay. But um, yeah, you know, I talked to all the Q staffs and stuff like that leading up to the draft. Um, you know, I know, I know the NHL guys do their homework. I mean, like you know. Steve Kroll and, and, you know, uh, Timmy Boyce, like when guys are, you know, Shane Bowers and these guys are entering the draft and, and Pete Deliberatory just got drafted this year. Like they're calling their midget coaches yeah for sure. Um, me and Tim
0: had this conversation like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure that, uh, a lot of guys were, were called about Jared McIsaac around here. Um, you know, I was happy. I was disappointed. I really thought he was going to be a first rounder. And I know he he was disappointed too. But um, you know, he's gonna he's the kind of guy that's gonna use that as motivation to to, you know, prove the the haters wrong. I think Detroit got a steal with Sadina at six and a steal with Mikaizak at thirty five. Like, come on. Are you kidding me?
0: It's an honor to be drafted to those teams. I don't care if you go in yeah. the seventh round. It's yeah. an honor to be drafted by Detroit. And
1: and you know what? Like I, I've followed uh this draft class pretty closely because Ever since, honestly, ever since Jared was 14 and I was coaching him, like I've been keeping tabs on who the guys are. Like you know, it was the Ryan Merkley's and and these guys that were up there at that time. And obviously, it changes in three or four years, but not too drastically. But the overall draft was crazy deep, like crazy, crazy deep. Yeah. And especially on the back end, like the blue line depth wise, like you, like I don't know. There's probably let's say there's 50 defensemen drafted. Uh, in the first five rounds Probably at least 30 of them Will be full time NHLers At some point I think Really That's that's based on You know I obviously haven't seen Them all play live And things But yeah. just reading Reading articles Reading different scouting reports You know I'm fortunate enough To have access to You know Non-public scouting reports And things like that And yeah. and um, You know that That's my take on, on the draft Was how deep it was Like a guy Like Pete Deliberatory um, Who is that? Is so he's he? from Bedford okay so he, sorry pete if you're listening if i don't he, know he um, he's a great kid he actually so he is one of the guys that i don't know if we talked about it last time but why we started teams at newbridge okay because pete was a newbridge student from grade five i believe until grade 10 and then he went to play prep school in the states with two other guys the same age and that was when we we're like, well, what's going on like let's figure this out like let's keep these guys here yeah so you know I've known Pete for a long time I taught him um, great kid he played played one year for the Subarus okay uh, his 15 year old year I think he was like fourth or fifth round in the Mooseheads Um, but because he was playing NCAA he's been committed to Quinnipiac for three or four years wow Um, played at Salisbury so yeah he got drafted right out of prep to where Uh, Vegas oh Vegas Vegas in the sixth round yeah congrats yeah. man that's yeah. awesome yeah so uh, actually i just saw a video johnny moore was on him today so he's it's out there somewhere on sports and more but um yeah like you know i i know how good pete is pete's stepping in he's going to play at quinnipiac next year as a true freshman really uh which is a you know a pretty big feat um just completely bypassing junior hockey and going straight into the college game and quinney is a pretty big school uh, with with they pretty hockey hotbed in terms of um, their hockey program. Like yeah. I actually got to see a game there this past year. It was pr- them play U Maine. It was yeah. pretty hype and um, super happy for Pete. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I think he's got the skills and the ability and the attitude and the work ethic to 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 make a career in the NHL. He a and he's a center pick defenseman.
0: Do you think that the style of a defenseman in the NHL is changing from a big man to a little quick man? Because if you look at 100%. the NHL you know it's 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 shorter guys, quicker guys that are just flying by defensemen. You you don't see any Chris Prongers in the NHL anymore. Yeah. Do you like you know uh, who's Tyson Berry? That's a, I think that's a good yeah. example from Colorado. He's a little bit smaller Krug as well from Boston. Yeah. Do you think that's the style that NHL scouts are looking for now?
1: It, it's it's got to be like it, it's it's almost like you know how I describe it and is the positions are positions when you line up. Yeah. for a face off or whatever, yeah. but it's so much more of like a basketball style five-man kind of rotation almost these days where like usually you've got at least one defenseman on on each of your top two pairings in the NHL that are fourth forwards right that are always jumping up always pushing the play always playing offensively but are good enough skaters are smart enough to to get back like Ryan Ellis is a prime example like I could watch I could watch Ryan Ellis play all day every day so smart, like all day every day Right. Those
0: NHL playoffs two years ago, he was incredible on the back end. Exactly. His play, I didn't because he's on the West Coast. I don't really watch Nashville, but I remember the playoffs two years ago. He was incredible.
1: And and like the dead, whatever you want to call the era, the the dead puck era or whatever, when it was all you know, Hal Gills and six foot five plus, two hundred forty pound plus, And Pronger's a little different because he could he could play too. He mm-hmm. was, but um, that that's over and done with because a like you got to be able to think the game. To play at that level. If you can't think the game, then you, you, you can't play. Especially on the back end. Especially on the back end. Because that first end. pass is so important. It's, it's incredible. And how like,
0: quick that centerman's w- swinging through the zone to pick up the puck. And the oh, it, So quick.
1: And, like, you got to be able to pass and you got you, you, you got to be able to skate. Obviously, you've always needed to be able to skate. But, um, yeah, I think size is becoming more and more irrelevant as the game becomes less and less physical. Yeah. Um, not that it's not physical because it's still, it definitely is a physical game. Well, no one can hit anyone because everyone's too quick. Right, it's right. Tough. But the I think that's going to be the norm. I think out of the, I think there was, honestly, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but 15, maybe half the players selected in the first round were defensemen. And I think seven or eight of them were under six feet. So, it, like. It's interesting. I like how you look at that because I wouldn't have looked at that. But that's yeah.
0: your mentality it, is looking it, at that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like. Puck moving defense. Like, and I think people are starting to realize that, like, you know, um, my kid's going to be a defenseman because it's – people are always looking for a defenseman. Like, mm. you know, you can take you can get guys, like, that score 40, 50 goals in major junior and can't translate that skill to to the to NHL. The NHL. Yeah. But if you can make an outlet – if you can retrieve a puck with pressure, make a, make a move and outlet that puck – Ten times out of ten, you're you're going on the ice, and yeah. and you can find a spot in the NHL, yeah, and not get a point the entire year. But if if you're playing even and you're moving the puck, then and you're not hurting your team,
0: yeah, I'll go on Hockey DB sometimes and look at defense. But elite prospects,
1: man. Hockey DB is way out of whack. Oh, is I, it? Oh, yeah. Okay, it, sorry. Elite prospects is where it's. I'll out, switch yeah. it up then. Yeah.
0: But I have been on DB and I've been looking at defensemen that are playing in the NHL. You know, eighty-two games, four points. Yep. But they're plus fourteen. Yep. Not they're not turning the puck over. I yep. feel like that's a huge contribution to a team. You're just not turning the puck over. Any any position. It can be forward as well, but I feel with defenseman on the back end, you just you can't be a liability.
1: And and that's like and it's crazy to think like so for example, this is a crazy stat, don't ask me why I know this, okay. but I think it was two years ago Nashville drafted it was whenever they drafted Sam Girard. So yeah, it would have been Greener's draft year, so twenty sixteen. Okay. They drafted all D didn't, didn't draft a forward. Didn't draft a goalie. And are they? Is all of those are all of those D going to play on their team? No, but guess what they do. They package them yeah. for, for forwards and traits. And, and that's that's it. Because guys are always like that's smart. Like it's super smart, right? Super smart. That's thinking and,
0: ahead of the curve, right?
1: And the new GM in Minnesota, who was the assistant GM in Nashville, um, this was his first draft, and he kind of took the same. Same route. So, if you look at who Minnesota drafted, it, it's mostly D, right? And that's that's it. Like, and like you build from the back end out, one hundred percent, in my opinion, one hundred percent. Goal ten goal tending is is obviously key, mm-hmm. um, but goal tending at the call or at the draft level is is a crapshoot. Like honestly, really? like it, it it really is. I th- I think. I mean, it is a major junior because goalies develop so much differently than players. Like, and later, right. It, it later, some some guys peak earlier, yeah. right? Like some guys peak earlier, and some guys, and some guys just get in bad situations, right? Like you look at Fitz like Evan Fitzpatrick. Mm. Um, you know he's a second round pick to the St. Louis Blues, and everybody's like, well, what what the hell? Like this yeah. guy's number, like, and they just look, never seen him play. Yeah. Look on elite prospects and yeah. see, you know, oh, 889 save percentage, three point four GA, whatever it is. Mm. But in his three plus years he spent in Sherbrooke their defense were never very good, right? And their top defensemen that they had were always offensive defensemen. Mm -hmm. So they never really just the way they played, like the run and gun style, the, the, yeah, he might have a low save percentage, but you know, the quality scoring chances are way up compared to other guys. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, he might only be getting 25 shots a game, but 20 of them are dangerous shots. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. And that's what NHL scouts and NHL GMs are looking at. Right. Like, they're, they're, not, they're not an average. They don't fan. Give a sh- right. They don't yeah. give a shit what Elite Prospect says. Yeah. They want to know the, the in-depth stats. And that's where the analytics come in. And I think I'm a fan of analytics for sure. I use them. I I enjoy them to an extent. Like I think you still need to go with your gut sometimes. And like you can't hot ha- you can't assess somebody's hockey IQ on analytics. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. You can't assess, you know, their skating ability on analytics. Mm-hmm. But you can you can do pretty well with assessing them more for the, once they're on your team and like the situations they've succeeded in the situations they haven't succeeded in, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, back to Fitzy, like, you know, he gets dealt at the trade deadline to Bathurst and plays in front of a good team for the first time in his junior career and was an absolute brick wall down the stretch and through the playoffs and right to the mem cup. Yeah. Right. So like now everybody's like oh st louis great pick in the second round like mem yeah. cup winning goaltender yeah but six months ago it, it was like oh well, that was kind of a waste of a pick a right pick. And, and i felt so happy for that guy because he's a great kid he works his ass off and
0: um he's training here locally he's at yeah, this this pro edge sports yeah, there
1: yeah all the boys are, are there yeah uh, we had
0: uh, the head trainer on here too pat, pat. yeah he's yeah, a I great guy yeah i know pat He's, uh, yeah, we had a great conversation about the guys that he's training there. He said they're all hungry, man. They'd be in there seven days a week training if they could. Yeah. He said that, th- that one of the toughest parts of his job is having to hold them back and not have to overwork themselves because these players, they're like horses. They'll they just, just go, 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 going, go, 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 go. They just and want to keep going. He said his job is to honestly just kind of say, like, listen, boys, you got to calm down here for a bit. Just relax and train smartly and not yeah. lift heavy. And anyways, the conversation was fantastic. For those of you who are listening that haven't listened to that podcast, go listen to it now because it's great. Um, I noticed you were talking about goalies. We're having Fucali on here soon. Oh, nice. And uh, that's a conversation I'd like to have with him was, you know, what did scouts say to him when he was playing for the Mooseheads? Because uh, I know he had great stats when yeah. he played for the Mooseheads. Jesus Christ, probably the, one of the best in junior history. But yeah. it'll
1: be interesting to see what he says regarding to that. He was He was all – that would have been tough teams to play on, though. Like, you know, like, not tough teams. Obviously, it would have been easy, fun, but tough is, like, he probably went periods with one or two shots at points, <laughs> yeah. right? And then, but, like, that was, like, you know, I was living in Halifax at the time. I went to quite a few Moosehead games at, the, at that time. And uh, for me, like, he always just made the right save at the right time. Like, they'd win games 5-4, and it wouldn't be, like, he had zero chance at those four goals, but made three unbelievable saves in the last minute to keep it 5-4 whatever. Yeah. Right, so I'm I'm a little like you know I st- and again like the, he's only what 24, 25. I don't like, know. Everybody I say nope, 25. Right, no. so well he'd be in 90. F- same age as McKinnon, so 95. 24, 23, then. 23, 23. 24. So like his career is far from over. Yeah, we well, just on right? Vegas. Like yeah. exactly, exactly. So uh, and that's the thing. Like goaltenders are so difficult. To, well, to judge and draft, team. right? Yeah. Like that's that's a, at all levels. Yeah, in my opinion.
0: I wanted to talk to you about um, hockey Canada. Obviously, hockey Canada has an amazing uh, resume when it comes to international play, and I've heard that they're very hands on with. The uh, not academies, just organizations uh, across Canada. When it comes to like practices, maybe like training drills, off ice training, and things like that. I just wanted to know if they have their hands, maybe not their hands, but their uh, their ideas in Newbridge Academy. If they're reaching out to you guys, saying, "So, what are you guys teaching? You know, these players right now? Is that a thing?"
1: Yep, Nope, definitely. So um, that's part actually part of our accreditation process as a Hockey Canada sports school. Okay, um, just obviously Hockey Canada doesn't want to have their name on an institution or a school that isn't doing the right things. Yeah. So once a year, uh, actually it happened probably about a month ago, two months ago, maybe right after we spoke the first time, uh, his name's Pierre Alexander. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Poulin. Oh, so that's he, the most Canadian name. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, Mary <laughs> Philip Poulin. Like yeah. Yeah. Women, Sydney Crosby, it's his, or her brother. Oh, there you go. So he, like, he's got a little bit of a connection down here too. He played for UdeM. Okay. Um, so yeah he flew out to the school and and came and you know saw the place and you know spoke to spoke to Olivier spoke to me spoke to a couple you know spoke to everybody kind of and like you know I was in the room with him and he's like just asking me questions like hey what are your philosophies on this uh what do you do for practice if this is the situation if you have you know you only have seven skaters out because there's exams or whatever it is you know we just kind of talked about how i do things and and he asked me for and i gave him my i call it my you know my bible like i have a, a technical tactical package that i give the players every year okay. and with literally with everything you need to know in it yeah. um so i gave him a copy of that and said like this is this is my plan this is what i run was he impressed basis i mean I, like he wasn't like oh man that's awesome like yeah. he was like oh that no this is good like this is exactly what yeah we want our coaches at different schools to be to be doing okay right and and honestly i got hooked on that when i did my high performance one my hp1 uh hockey canada hp1 course okay. um three summers ago at Santa Fex. oh yeah. they just had another one just two weeks ago at smu okay they only do it every three years okay um so you need to be either finishing it, like currently doing it, to coach to be a head coach, major midget or higher. Is
0: there a lot of people in the in these classes? Oh yeah, like when,
1: Yeah, when I was there, well, it's it's just like a big. It's a week. It was a week long when I went. So there was, I think, there was seventy of us, okay. and there was people from all, literally all over Canada. Like most of them were local, but like you know, all oh,
0: all over Canada,
1: right? For, okay, Got, okay, Like people were coming from all over Canada wow. to to do this, and um, it was literally a week. It was a grind. It was an absolute grind. Like it was a week we started at eight mm. and it was just different lectures from different people. And then we'd like break off into groups, do some group work, come back, more lectures. Um, you know, um had university coaches, pro coaches, like skill developers, goalie coaches, like just you know, like Chris Donnelly would come in and present power play. And then like Troy Ryan would present whatever it was so okay. like all these different guys and then but all the connections you make and the people you talk to and like picking the brains of other people like yeah you know i'm a big fan of that i'm a lifelong learner and enjoy hearing what other people have had success with what people haven't had success with yeah um you know it's it's pretty cool and you know you meet a lot of people but that was kind of what and then at the end you, you have to do like a huge Report basically, it's like it's it's an exam, but it's like a take home. You get like eight months or 10 months or something, oh, okay, to do it. Um, but yeah, it's you know, power play, penalty kill, uh, team builders, technology, integrate technology, off ice. Like, it's Jeez. huge, right? It's, I think it's like they say it's like a 40% pass rate, like, people don't really pass or people don't finish it. Um, Did you pass. Like, yeah, yeah, at a, at a boy. yeah, yeah. I, I did, I did all right <laughs> But, um, but yeah, that was kind of when I was th- The moment of clarity when I was like Shit, I can't just Like, yeah, practice plans are great I always did practice plans But like, I'd do it, throw it out Or like, forget about it, right? Like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't stockpile them And like, track them And You like
0: to keep it fresh? Like, you, you do new new drills in a
1: practice? Yes and no I'm But, but I mean, like, when I did my practice plans Before I did my HP1 Yeah I would just forget about that practice plan. Now, Mm -hmm. like if I do a practice on January 15th, 2017, I could go back, find out what I was doing January 2017 versus where I'm at January 2018. So now I'm like logging everything, right?
0: I was confused there for a second. Okay, I get you, I get you. Yeah, so
1: that was kind of like, and that was Hockey Canada where we started this conversation was like, I was like, man, this is legit. This is what I... This is, like, I'm eating this shit up. Like, Definitely. I love this.
0: When you're coaching, like, mid-year and you see, like, maybe, uh you know, a neutral zone uh, breakdown on your team, you guys can't get the puck in deep, you're, you know, maybe you can't get the puck past the blue line, things like this. Do you take note of that and then go find new drills online to practice during uh, your practice hours? Or how does it work? Do you just draw it up on the board uh, mid-game and make adjustments? Like, how, how do you, I guess, make adjustments mid-season? Because yeah. I know when I've played on a lot of teams where – you know, practices were the same throughout the year. Really yeah. not much change because I played on better teams and yeah. you don't really need to have a practice to show someone how to get a puck past the blue line. Right. But maybe at your level a bit younger. I don't know. Do you. Do you well, mine,
1: mine's midget, right? Like, yeah, I guess like, midget, midget, okay. it's midget. It's midget triple A. All my guys are. So they're all capable set, of, most of them making are, adjustments. Right. Most of them are top end guys and, yeah, you know, are drafted and have plans on. Yeah making a run at this hockey thing so yeah. they take it very seriously of so that, that helps me like you know they they come in day one i give them the technical tactical package and, yeah. and they need to know like they got to read it yeah and they like because i don't want to waste skill development time on the ice well that was w- that's what
0: i'm trying to ask right like yeah.
1: like I, definitely there's a balance and that's one of the you know luxuries that i have in my position is that i have enough ice time to go around like in a week compared to a midget team or how many times to, you guys practice a week depends on our schedule uh like three to four three to four mi- middle of the day you know hour 45 minutes yeah um and like we'll do d forward splits we'll do you know different stuff but most of my teaching in terms of systems yeah is done in the classroom on the, uh, with the book, with the video okay. and like, we'll run a few drills to, to warm it up or mm-hmm. whatever. But, and, and yeah, we definitely make adjustments throughout the year and, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's mid tournaments, right. It's, it's video yeah. sessions in the hotel rooms. And, uh, you know, again, I'm lucky enough to be able to videotape the games and, and break down the, and get the video done and cut, pretty quickly um
0: it's crazy how much video helps man Ah, it's not like, It's like
1: nobody believes you that they did something wrong until you show them i right? remember
0: um i think we might have talked about it last podcast maybe not but like if i was a young player coming up Pee Wee Bannum, i would always make sure that my dad or my mom would be with the iphone filming me because like back then you'd have to get the the tripod the big camera yeah. and I don't, I don't want my mom or dad doing that but like in today's day and age, if I was a young kid, if you're listening to this now and you had your parents, man, get them to film and Absolutely. then you learn from because you know, back when I was younger, I'd go in the car, my dad would be like, you know, what did you, what did you do on this play? And I was like, I don't remember that play. What right. are you talking about? Yeah. But if you're filming the game just with your iPhone, oh man, the difference it would have made to like just make adjustments to the mistakes that I've made throughout my whole career. Oh, exactly. And I'm incredible. I, like
1: everybody's that way. Like yes. you're, you're you're not thinking that you did that. Like, for some reason, in your head, you think you did something else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, you should have went... Like, you know, you're playing for me. And you come off. I'm like, Belly, you know, you should have went left on this guy because his stick was on the other side. You're like, no, no, he wasn't. Yeah. Like, his stick was on that side. That's why I went. And then you show him the video, and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Right? So... But, yeah, in terms of drills and stuff, like, I find... Some rep- some drills for repetition are good. Um, you know, we do a lot of the same passing sequence stuff, one-touch diff- different stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we do one, like, there's probably about four or five drills that are pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, it's always good to have consistency. Yeah, and, and especially, like, if we're on a short week and we're, you know, we get back on a Monday and Sunday night and we're leaving again on Wednesday, you know, you don't want to really waste time and practice showing new drills and figuring it out. Um, It's time consuming. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's one of my, what I consider one of my biggest strengths as a coach is my ability to figure out and create different drills and like mini drills and skill drills and things like that, that tap into that aren't these big, huge flow things with 84 different uh, Steps. steps that are simple yet, effective effective yeah and um what i do a lot is and you know we have a drop box like a big drop box, like a with our staff like our hockey okay. staff so you know i'll check out what olivier posted to the drop box or what cody dropped in it and you know we all have different connections over the hockey world and yeah you know like different coaches send different guys f- within Newbridge, you know here's what we did this practice, and we'll just take it from their practice. Or I creep YouTube a lot to try to find, like, the super fans going to watch NHL practices.
0: Yeah, and those are great. I've seen y- yeah, a couple of those. Yeah, so ones. I
1: do that a lot. I go uh, I go on, and, and, you know, Detroit Red Wings are, are great for that, especially, like, the Babcock era. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I try to get my hands on as much of the youtube nhl practices as i can
0: and the maple leafs have good ones like recently like on matthews and marner's like one-timer drills exactly really good stuff
1: and like you know i'm again we've been fortunate enough to watch a lot of college practices watch you know and and i just take my phone out and videotape the whole thing yeah right it's amazing having these things we were we were playing in the providence sorry we were getting a tour of providence college last year how was that place it was amazing it was amazing. Because well, Savoie, the kid that played for us, was committed there, right? Okay. So, so
0: already? So he, yeah, he was, was going yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, he was already going there. Oh, that's so sick.
1: so we stopped in and and uh Providence, the Providence Bruins were practicing. And uh so we got to watch that practice. So again, you know, it but it's a game day skate, so like what are guys doing on a game day skate? Like things like that. Mm. So um but yeah, Savo was committed to Providence, but that's uh, So sick. Yeah, uh, not anymore. Oh he uh No the new, I think, I think I'm okay saying it because the news broke uh, yesterday. Uh, he signed with the Ramparts. Oh, he got he drafted by the Ramparts, and and uh, he's gonna play there. Two great organizations. Exactly, it's a, it's a win-win. Exactly, exactly. So it was, and 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 again, you know, you see it and you hear it, and all these people, like the haters, are like, you know, why are kids using? ncaa to leverage their major junior teams or why are they leveraging major junior teams to up their college deals and like man think about it like these kids have talent these kids have goals they have dreams and they just want the best route for them to get to their end goal like they're not going out there to say you know screw this team or that team like it's a business it's a business and and it's an absolute business and sports is an absolute business and I know I'm getting off kilter here a little bit, but no, no, like no. you look at the the Raptors deal yesterday and that is the definition of a sports business transaction, like the absolute definition, like
0: as much as the owners think, you know, the owners and the GMs, they are part of the business, but the players, they can make just as much impact as well. Like you just said, with going to the ramparts, it, it's, yeah. it's a two way thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so if, um, if
0: owners are gonna look out for themselves, the players are gonna look out for themselves as well. Exactly. That's when people exactly. get mad at LeBron for doing all this. It's he's yeah. a he's a he's a business guy too. You gotta look out for yourself. Yeah, it's yeah, a jungle. Yeah,
1: and like everybody's uh, up in arms that, and, and like I'd be as mad, mad and sour if I was Demar Derozan too. Yeah, I would be too. But at the same time, like if you're telling me I have a chance to add a top three, top five player in the you know, entire world at this sport like uh, i'm gonna take it of course no matter what i no matter who i have to move the other way yeah like a 27 year old mvp finals mvp is that how old he is 27 he's only 27 wow yeah. he's
0: like a, he looks like a man right he's, he's, a, like... he's
1: only 27 so you know even if it's even if it is for a year and then he goes to la like whatever yeah. like you're gonna have a great year having Kawhi Lan- like he yeah. you just added the best player in the conference you know so
0: Hopefully it'll be Boston, Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals yeah, next year. Now with LeBron gone,
1: yeah, Philly's up there too.
0: Philly too. Oh, I can't wait for basketball. You're basketball. You like basketball? I, I,
1: yeah. You know what? Probably, probably for about four or five years now. Since oh, yeah? uh, since I started, like I watch pretty much every raps game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the weird part. Everybody like I watched no NHL until really? until Interesting. like I watch I watch a lot of highlights yeah. and clips. But you don't and watch the game. I don't watch the games uh, until, until playoffs. I, I watch because I'm like, you, normally I'm watching my own video at home or, so just, or watching. Just, yeah. Like, I watch a lot of college hockey. I watch a lot of, um, you know, different junior leagues on fast hockey. Yeah. So, because for me, I can, things are more applicable at my level from those leagues than yeah. the NHL. Okay. Right? Like, I can see what teams in the BCHL are playing for different systems or how players are approaching things, face-offs, that kind of thing. Um, So a lot of my nights are spent watching hockey underneath the NHL. Cool. Um, That's smart on your part. You got to do what you got to do. And, like, I'm sure – and, like, if I was a college coach, that's when I'd be watching watching the NHL and, like, for different reasons than – other people are watching the nhl yeah um i'm not saying i never watch it like you know having a couple beers with the buddy with my buddies at their place like for sure but i'm much more interested in watching the raps games uh the jays like you know uh, when they're doing well i i I still watch them yeah like i'm a huge baseball fan too but you know world cup was pretty cool and um
0: i was i i'm not a soccer guy but i was hooked on to a couple games this year it's a cool sport you gotta be really invested in the game. You can't be flipping back and forth. But if you watch it, it's a fun game. Yeah. It was cool. I, I yeah. definitely I've shit on soccer before, but yeah, me too. I take it back. it was, it was pretty too. fun to watch. I
1: uh, I just find that there's a lot of translatable skills and translatable systems and, and ways to play between sports. And yeah. uh, and like I, I enjoy watching basketball and because the, the d de- like, you know, for sure when I first started watching basketball I had no idea and, I, and I'm still I have no idea but like the difference between zone and man-on-man man, like that's very applicable to hockey like mm-hmm. all the different switches in the zone mm-hmm. and like hitting guy like you know catching shoots like a one-timer versus yeah catching it waiting faking the whatever it is right and I'm excited to to have some conversations with E-Rob about all this stuff and yeah. and uh, see how the real intricacies of basketball work because man he's
0: a great guy that when he came on the podcast he was talking basketball but he was talking basketball in an x's and o's form that yeah. i did not understand yeah. so pick i said and okay, rolls exactly and pick, yeah. so the next time he comes back i want to have like another basketball guy here with me yeah. so he can kind of explained things a little bit better, but man, what a great podcast. The feedback I got from that podcast, like after people messaging me saying one of the best podcasts you've ever done, it was just, yeah, he's a great guy. Holy smokes. He's a
1: great guy. And he's, he's a huge addition for us at Newbridge for yeah. sure. He's well liked over there. Oh yeah. They, yeah. You know, he, the first day he walked in, I was like, who is that guy? <laughs> like had no idea who he was. And, um, you know, met him and then YouTube him just like everybody else. Yeah. Essentially. And, um, yeah, he's been he's been around. He's been in and out. I know he's been traveling a lot, doing different camps and yeah. recruiting kids. I think he was in California, then up the coast. I think he was in Toronto, and he just had his first um, camp at Newbridge Trio Camp uh, yesterday.
0: How old are the kids trying out? Like, what age group is it? Do you know? uh
1: you know, some of them were too young to be playing. Just kind of came to okay. for the experience and yeah. like get their name out there for future years. I think the youngest yesterday was grade seven or eight. Okay. Uh, Most of them were high school, 10, 11, 12. Um, I think there was about 40 kids, 40 kids yesterday. So uh, yeah, I put them through the paces, had a fitness testing and then uh, some on court stuff. And, they all got a tour of the school and a q that and A. That must have been cool for them. The tour of the like school. That. Yeah,
0: yeah. He was excited talking about the tryouts. Like at the end, I was like, "If you want to say anything, go ahead." And he was just talking about the tryouts and come yeah. on in, come on out. So I'm happy it went well. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about back to hockey for a second. And the kids coming into Newbridge to play. Is there out of town people coming to kids coming to play uh, at Newbridge? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's basically all we
0: have. So you must have to deal with like parents and stuff. Like, well, like where yeah. are they staying?
1: So, so we are building a residence. Oh, is so, it? Okay, so oh, I didn't I, know that. Eventually, there will be residences, or residences. residencies. Residencies. Um, but as of right now, we, we bill it. Okay. So it's, it's much like Junior, uh, except most of... Actually, Cody's our billet coordinator. Oh, is he? Yeah. So, so he, he's
0: dealing with a lot of parents he, yeah, and a lot of... Yeah.
1: So the first thing is, so uh, like I think on my team last year, I only have one local guy. Because I'm looking at your Twitter
0: and it's like, we'd like to welcome uh, so-and-so yeah. to the new bridge from, all the way from Ontario, yeah. all the way from, yeah. so I'm like, man, like these guys are recruiting.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the first question we ask is, and a lot of people, not a lot of people, but enough people have family and friends in the area, well, right? That's, so that's like, I have a, like, you know, I have a sister, I'm originally from Dartmouth, my mom lives there. Like, you know, I have two kids that live with their grandparents and things like that. Okay. And then the next step is you know, other players on the team. So, when we do have local guys, they usually have a guy or two living with them. Okay. And then, after that, we have a lot of parents with kids in the younger grades, like, you know, grades 3, 4, and 5, that are hockey players, that are Newbridge families, that want, you know, the older influence, the, the big brother mentality mm-hmm. uh with billets. So, okay. 95% of our billets, I would say, I don't know the exact number, but... All the ones that I've dealt with yeah. are Newbridge families. That's sick. So yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, you know. And I I think we're gonna keep it as an option uh, once the residences are the residencies are done. Yeah, why not? And because some kids like it better, right? And yeah. And for, but but you know, on the other hand, too, like we have lost out on a few recruits um, because we're not a resident.
0: Oh, they the kids wanted to stay in a residence. Not
1: even the kids. It's more the parents. parents the parents are a little hesitant to send their kids to a random family even though you know obviously we do all the the background checks the criminal record checks the host visits like before, even if we know that, even if the family's been at the school for five years yeah. and we know them and we know the kid, like Cody and Amanda, are director of admissions, yeah. they'll go do a host visit. Yeah. Um, you know, these, and you know, we have, just like you would in, in junior, you have contracts, not contracts, but rules.
0: Yeah. Like
1: you are responsible for three square meals a day. You're responsible for getting them to and from school. You're responsible for giving them a private room with Wi-Fi and then the kids get one too. You are responsible f- to complete the chores that you are asked. You are responsible to, you know, spend an hour a day hanging out with the little kid whatever it is. Yeah. Um but yeah, honestly, it's it's worked pretty well for us. Um, and yeah, like I have I think I legitimately had two local players last year. Wow.
0: That says something about the academy, yeah. that people from around the country are coming here. Yeah, well, around, says, the world, around the world. Around like, like the world.
1: I, yeah, I've had Danish. Danish? La- yeah, my best player last year is Danish. Uh, he's <laughs> unreal. You'll see him in the World Juniors here in next year probably. But Jesus. Um, Danish, Latvia, Czech Republic, Slovak, Serbia, uh, Sweden. So... American, like Americans.
0: Any language barrier or do they speak English pretty well? Uh,
1: the, the, uh, you know, the Swedes and the Dan like they all know English. Like yeah. they all learn English. Like, yeah. like Alberto, the, my Danish player, you know, growing up in school, he learned Danish as a co- as a class, obviously. But then he also had English, German, and then you had to take... You had so that was three you had to take, and then you had to take one other one. Yeah, and it was like Finnish, Swedish, Russian, like whatever. So he he speaks like five or six languages. Now That's. now the 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 oh we've we've had kids from Japan as well play, um, the Latvians were a little harder like you know the russian block kind of yeah. little more difficult with yeah. the language barrier but the scandinavians are are pretty seamless.
0: What comes to mind when you say that these players are coming here from all over the world is that's great for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League the maritime teams cuz there's that uh, what's, what do they call it the european draft, the Euro the, draft yeah. and when these kids are going to a moosehead game and they're seeing like 10,000 people filled yep. into the metro center, Scotia Bank Center, Metro Center that's awesome. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. Like that's such good exposure, especially this year with the Mem Cup, the All the Eye. Like you're telling me, the scouts that are coming here to watch the Mooseheads aren't going to stop by Newbridge Academy well, on a, whenever you guys play and, to watch. And,
1: and and we practice right before the Mooseheads every day. There you go. Right. So so you know I'm talking to actually I'm in I guess in negotiations or, or in recruiting mode with uh, two kids from Slovenia. Okay. Uh, where Anze Kopitar is from. Um, not a huge hockey hotbed, but there's a couple you know they play in the first division of the world championships and yeah. so these kids are basically at the point now where they played in the u20 leagues last year as yeah. 16 year olds yeah right so now they they want to get out there and get seen by major junior teams and stuff like that so <laughs> uh, you know i'm talking to them i'm like listen like <laughs> we and everybody in all the european hockey players know the moose heads do they I'm, oh yeah Oh, yeah. like well, I you, guess so. You Some you'd of the have, best you'd th- have to. Yeah. You have to, right? Like, they don't know everybody. Like, they don't know the, you know, well, we always shit on Bay Camo, but, yeah. you know, they don't know the Bay Kamo Drakkar. Yeah. But the Mooseheads, they all know it.
0: Well, they and, definitely know the
1: Mooseheads. And, and we're the closest east. We're the closest to them. To Europe. To yeah. Europe, right? So, you know. The flight's I home. I never even
0: thought about that. The
1: flight's home. Mom and dad coming over. Like, things like that's a lot easier than them going to Toronto or Calgary.
0: And WestJet's doing these direct flights now. Exactly. You don't have to go to Toronto first, then exactly. Halifax. Exactly.
1: exactly. So, you know, I'm like, yo, man, you get to play, or you, you get to practice every day in the same rink as the Mooseheads. You get to see the Mooseheads walking around. You, you know, they're Probably coaching, to talk to Cam Russell. Co- yeah, right. C- Cam Russell. Like, I know for a fact, Allie and Cam and those guys watched a few of our practices this year, right? Of course. Like, so... That's a that's a big selling point advantage for, for me, for the Euros.
0: Brand new rink, too. You guys are right. practicing. Brand new fourplex. No shortage of ice time. Yeah. Some of the best talent in the world. The Mooseheads practice right next door. And
1: we just hired JP McCollum. Did a, you? As our full-time strength conditioning coach.
0: JP's with you guys now. Yeah. Are you talking to... I, I got to get his number. I'd love yeah. to have him on, too. Yeah. So he's with you guys full-time now. Yeah.
1: I think his title is Director of Athletic Performance. Oh, yeah, I'd love to get yeah, his number after yeah, and get him sure. on here. Is he
0: still training Brad and those guys? Yep. Yeah? Yep. That's a busy guy, yep. JP.
1: So, yeah, he spent the last two years in Denmark. Yeah, he was coaching, right? Yeah, or was co- he training? Co- coaching, he was coaching. coaching coaching. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's back home, and, and he's starting up with us full-time in September.
0: Man, you guys are recruiting, not even so, players. So but just th- like,
1: that, well, that's the thing, right? Now I'm like, hey, man, plus you get to work with one of the top strength condition coaches in the world on a daily basis, right? Like, yeah, you get the on-ice stuff. But you also get the off-eye stuff. And we just hired Ryan Hillier, too. I don't know if you knew that. Did you? Yeah. What's he doing there? Yeah. So um, he's coaching the U18 team. Man. Yeah. That's so, a Talk about a powerhouse. And, and he's he's going to do some strength conditioning and stuff, too, because he works with JP as well right oh, now. Man. So, like, JP trains, like, Brad and those guys, and Hilsey works more with, actually, Pete Deliberatory, the guy we were talking about, just oh. dropped from Vegas. Oh, okay, like He okay. trains with Hilsey. Okay. And um, so, yeah, like, our our hockey staff or our athletic staff in general is just blown up like crazy and
0: it's just the beginning it's
1: just it's just the it's beginning just the man. start and like kirk tomlinson's with us now too kirk's with you guys yeah so kirk's running our women's program dude tell kirk i said what up <laughs> yeah, we talk yeah. about him
0: all the time here not, yeah, not really but yeah that's but, but, awesome uh,
1: yeah so kirk kirk runs a fe- kirk and kiefer host run the run the female program okay so yeah we've we've got uh We've got a pretty good staff put in place
0: it makes that all whatever everything you just said there is awesome, but one thing that you said that makes me happy is that all these Europeans coming over know of the Muoses I think that's great, and especially yep. this year with the mem cup oh, and it's gonna be nuts that's, that's that's music to my ears it's gonna be nuts and how about uh, and how, just for the city
1: yeah just uh, i'm i you know what I might break down and buy uh buy a fifteen game package just so I can get first first dibs at the mem cup stuff do they have those fifteen uh, think a thing. I think so. My buddy was talking about it the other day. I'm pretty sure it is. Me and dudes
0: are thinking of buying, like, season tickets so we can have like contests through the high button, just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, give away two yeah, tickets yeah. for the, you know something like that, yeah. and then also for That'd the Mem cool. Cup as well.
1: Yeah, like I, you know, I remember, I remember, I definitely remember going to the Mem Cup the last time I was here, but you know, I was a little too young to oh, oh, yeah. truly appreciate it. Yeah, you know, ten, eleven years old, and. But actually, you know, funny funny. I'm saying that because Brandon Benedict, who also works with us now, he played in the Mem Cup the last time I was here, right? I knew Benedict was here, yeah, I yeah. knew that. You should get him on here. He'd be a good guy to I'd get on. I'd love to. Man, he's, he's, uh, he's salt of the earth, man. Yeah. He, he's, he's been unbelievable since he came in. Like, Dude. huge, huge, right? So,
0: Sounds like a great work environment you guys have over there. It seems like a lot of like-minded people just working towards one goal, I guess.
1: Yeah, and everybody's in it for the right reasons, yeah. right? Like, we're not... We're not here to, you know. It, it, at the end of the day, the kids are still the number one priority. Of course. And moving kids on to the next level academically and athletically is is the goal, and and the what drives me every day. And I like, you know, Benny. Benny could have signed a, Like he had a contract offer on the table to keep playing another two years. Did he? Right. Yeah. And he decided to yeah. go to Newbridge. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That so, says something. So you know, like, it's only the beginning, man. Yeah. It's only the beginning. What do you
0: think is the most rewarding part about your job? Because obviously there's a lot of rewards, but if you had to know, like pick one, what do you think is the most rewarding part?
1: Man, honestly, the most the most rewarded I've ever felt as yeah. as a coach, as a mentor, I guess, was um, so one of my assistant captains this year. His name's William No. William, okay. William Ngo. No. No. Uh, he's French. He's from Quebec. Okay. He came to us two years ago. Played midget double A in Quebec. Okay. Um, You know, everybody was, you know, all his buddies at home were like, oh yeah, like you're only going because you know Olivier, blah, blah, blah. And he he came and he he is the most genuine human being I think I've ever met, right? Like just instantly made an impact. You know, 95 average student. Just worked his butt off for two straight years. Ended up being one of my top defensemen. Um, Signed, signed with Pembroke. Like, pembroke in the cc you know yeah, the legendary know. Yeah. junior a team uh i think he'll continue on and hopefully get to the ncaa uh, but he was elected class valedictorian that's cool so a guy that could barely speak english two years ago gets up there and delivered the most heartfelt speech in the entire world how old like, is he Eighteen. Wow! So he just graduated, like and like you know, in front of everybody, his fellow graduates, the rest of the students, the parents, coaches, staff, everything, and he got up there and just absolutely killed it. William knoll his name yeah, is. Okay, yeah, yeah. And him. and you can you can watch the speech on on our Newbridge Facebook page. Oh, can you? Okay. But like, it's incredible. And like that when I, I was like, he was like, you know. Newbridge became a home.
0: You took him under your like, wing?
1: Not not just me. Like, you know, I only coached for a year. He played for Olivier for a year and, like, all the teachers. But just everything, it wasn't just the hockey. It mm-hmm. was the entire right. community, the entire school. And, like, it changed his life, right? Sure. And I was like, man, like, the fact that you can get up there and do that and nail that speech. Like, yeah, I'm super proud of you for signing with Pembroke. But, like... For me, that's that's the, the most rewarding when kids get it and kids are ready to move on in life, you know, yeah. are ready to take that next step from adolescence to young adulthood. Yeah. Um, and and be prepared for it. And and, you know, you played a small part in helping them prepare for that. Yeah, that sounds rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, you know, you got to love when guys reach their goals and, you know, whether that's getting drafted or whether that's. You know, scoring 15 points, or whether that's whatever their goal is, you know. And I, I'm, I got a lot of. Have you ever heard of John Wooden? No. He's a legendary basketball coach. He coached. I think he won 12 NCAA championships with UCLA. Okay. Like, just a machine. Yeah. And uh, he wrote a lot of books. And I'm reading one of his books for I think it's my third or fourth time reading it. Wow. So all this stuff's in my head about you know he's a guy that said. You've probably seen the quote, like prepare preparing failing to prepare is preparing to fail. For that. Yeah. And like it's all about the, the process, not the destination. Like absolutely, the There so, is no destination. Right. So process. like all this stuff is going through my head right now and like you know, sometimes, yeah, for sure. Like I'm everybody's human. I get caught up in, you know, how many guys got drafted you know, how many guys you coach that got drafted to the NHL or how many guys you get drafted to the Q or whatever it is, for sure. But Honestly, the most rewarding thing is helping or seeing kids be ready for the next step in life and understanding different realistic goals and things because, you know, not everybody's going to the NHL. Yeah. But everybody has a chance to be successful in life. Absolutely. That's that's, that's it.
0: I'm happy to hear you say that, man. Yeah. Well said. I think we're running up on an hour here. I think we had a good conversation. Um, If you want to say anything, friends, family, players yeah Any i guess announcements
1: we, yeah well quick shout out to the the guys from newbridge that that were drafted this year so like alex david uh went 26 overall in the second round of bathers nico Savoie to to the ramparts um brandon casey to the ramuski oceanic uh ethan pearson to Sherbrooke, and um kyle lynch to uh Bathurst as well um also wanted to give a shout-out to the Dry. Read the article the other day, 16-0. Oh,
0: Dudes was talking about oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw Dudes' <laughs>
1: his name in the paper or whatever <laughs> today. So, actually, the i got to give a shout-out to the Shuby Lions, our intermediate fast-pitch team. We're, we're undefeated on the season 2, 8-0, so I know the boys are probably going to listen to this. So there you go. I'm actually going to run the idea by Dudes of uh, maybe playing a home-and-home home exhibition series to try to raise some money for, for Cam's uh fund and stuff yeah. and we'll play the dry in a baseball game and then they've come play us in a fast pitch game and Can the high button come the high buttons all over it i love th- it you might you might have complete media rights to it i don't know beautiful but uh No. Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. I love it. You've had some great guys on here. Like, you know, even outside the sports stuff, like, uh, the comedian, uh, Dave, Dave. Yeah. He he was great. That was,
0: that was great. He got a Netflix special last week.
1: Really? Yeah. No way. Netflix special. When's it going to be on? What's that? When's it going to be on?
0: I think next year he's recording it this year. So I'm assuming, I think it'll be on next year. Maybe I could be wrong by saying that, but I'm pretty sure he's recording it very soon that's Toronto. though yeah legit, he's on jerry d as well that's or, unreal anyways blowing up
1: oh yeah 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 he's the teacher right he's, he's that
0: economics teacher yeah he's he got
1: always has hat on yeah yeah that's yeah him. yeah okay that makes sense and uh same with the other guy there the the entrepreneur um kirsch yeah max i'd, Alexander. I'd like to meet that guy i think oh. we could have some good convos me and him
0: that guy's i've only known him for maybe a month but what the things he's taught me man. oh the, like, no, the amount of knowledge he the, has. Yeah,
1: the the stuff he was dropping and the wave lengths that he was thinking on. I was yeah. like, man, I gotta, I gotta meet this guy. Yeah, he's a so great if you're guy listening, man, you know.
0: Oh, he listens there if you Look me up. We'll get you two in a room. We'll do a podcast together. And dudes, we'll get all four of us. Yeah,
1: actually, I was talking to dudes at the uh, Tide Fest the other day, and we were talking about maybe putting a panel together or something. Oh, so you were at the Tide Fest on at nighttime. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I was there Friday, Saturday night. That was when it got good. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had to come out for the night next year. Next year, I will. It's crazy, man. It's the crazy. Video
0: blew up, guys. I think it's at like four thousand yeah. views right now. People yeah. are loving it. Yeah, it was awesome. It. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely be back next year. But yeah, let's get a panel going. We'll figure yeah. something out. Yeah. But we'll get you and max in the room i'll make sure For to sure. tell them that you you're For a sure. fan of them um, all right so everyone that's listening i appreciate the support uh if you could go to all of our social media outlets like subscribe comment we're on twitter facebook instagram soundcloud itunes all that good stuff once again i love each and every one of you we are out